Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 230. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we take the lattes of America, add a little pumpkin spice, market it aggressively for several weeks, and call it the holiday spirit. Folks, I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and when I was four years old, I begged my immigrant Muslim parents to get us a Christmas tree, and thus Muslim Christmas was born. I haven't been much of a tree person since I moved out of my parents' house, but this year, um, I'm getting into the holidays because it's one of the only options of homebound festivity during a fuckball pandemic, um, and honestly, it's kind of fun. So today, we are going to talk about that fuckball pandemic. We'll also talk about science, and finally, the future of the right-wing news media. What is it? Uh, today's panel, oh my god, I feel like... I, I feel like we we outdo ourselves every week. And in fact, we do, because this panel is so perfectly designed for today. We are joined for the very first time um, by stand-up comedian. Oh, he's so funny. I've seen him just kill uh, on a live stage with actual people in an audience, um, which is something that we, all, we used to do all the time. 
Uh, I've seen him do that so artfully. He's also the host of the Asian Not Asian podcast. You guys, it's Fumi Abe. Hey, Fumi. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for having me. And also joining us on the show today. Oh, my God. I am so excited that this worked out. Uh, I've just been a fan of this guy for a very long time. And you have, too. He's host of Cosmos, uh, this season's uh show is called Possible Cosmos Possible Worlds. Um, he is an astrophysicist with the American Museum of Natural History. He's the director of the Hayden Planetarium. Uh, I mean, I you already know who I'm going to introduce. It is just so exciting to be able to welcome to the show for the very first time, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hey, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I have to say, when you introduced Fumi, you said he kills. And so that's that's a term. I guess. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a serial no. murderer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm calling from jail. Yeah, and, I just uh, want to verify <laughs> <laughs> the, the vocabulary for this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry. This is a show about murder. Did we not? Did <laughs> no, someone no, yeah. not explain yeah, you that you're on a that, murder that podcast? That was not in the, in the, in the priming and materials. And unlike other murder podcasts, we literally just have murderers on. So <laughs> <laughs> is our new take. Our new take on murder podcast um all right folks so let's oh, oh, get by the into way, wait, it oh yeah before you begin please Megan, uh, yes so is, are I'd your parents still alive are they yeah they are yes yes okay yes. okay so here's what you do uh, yes. you don't tell them you're celebrating christmas because that might disturb them in some way if they're mm. devout muslims you say you are celebrating saturnalia saturnalia yes yeah, saturnalia right in in ancient rome they between december 17th and december 23rd right around the solstice, mm. there was a celebration and people, uh, 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 servants would be masters and masters would become servants. It'd be like upside down day, but in all of society and people, exchange, and people exchange gifts. So the reason why Christmas is where it is, is when Christianity back then, Catholicism wanted to spread uh, uh, festivals, and they, the, in the uncertain birth date of Jesus, they said, let's align it with the festival they're already celebrating. And that way you can just slip it in and just sort of rebrand it a celebration of the birth of Jesus rather than a celebration of the god Saturn. And so, and thus Christmas was born in that time of year. First of all, I love that marketing is behind so yes. much of this. <laughs> so Christmas, Christmas had marketing even before there was like toy stores, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh -huh. It was all about branding. By the way, the uh, Iranians celebrate Shabayalda, which is essentially that. I mean, it's 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 this winter solstice. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't. And just I mean, to be I clear, we, yeah. no one actually celebrates the solstice itself. All right. What's going on is the arc of this. Not that you, you didn't ask any of this, so forgive me for volunteering <laughs> it because this is your show, and I, I don't want to just like let's talk about what I want to talk about. Okay, so we'll get to your stuff in a minute. <laughs> But I gotta, you right, started go it by it, you no, let I off did. this. I, 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 didn't, I literally, I brought up the Muslim parents. You brought I it, did you, it. You, I did. And I'm trying I to help you out myself. here. We all love you, and we want to try to help you out. So, <laughs> the, no one is actually celebrating the solstice because the solstice, uh, en route to the solstice, the arc yeah. of the sun in the sky in the northern hemisphere gets lower and lower, and the duration of the days, the the, the daylight becomes less and less. And on December 21st, it is at a minimum. 
And you say, oh my gosh, if this keeps up, we're all, you know, that's the end of civilization. And as the days unfold thereafter it, the sun returns and you say, oh, it didn't keep going. It's, it slowed down, stopped, and then reversed. Then you celebrate. And so once you know the sun is going to come back, that's the reason why you celebrate. Because otherwise yeah. it's the end of, of civilization as you know it. But also, can I just say psychologically, I always feel not so great between, let's say, like October and that December 21st. And knowing that the sun does its thing going back up. Okay. is what makes me, like, I, I start just getting happier, even though it's co- still really cold outside and in the dead of winter. Yeah, so I think I see the world a little differently because... <laughs> because you know stuff? <laughs> 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 and it's not based on weird feelings you develop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the feelings are not, you know. So for me, I have learned to not fear the night because it is the universe that is the source of all of my curiosity and inspiration for knowing. And so as the duration of the night increases, Oh, you get to look at stuff more. I smile and I say, thank you. (laughs) It's my time of year. Even yeah, if this it's is sounding like an R and B track oh intro. My God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to go into that Barry White also, kind of tenor Neil, there. Sorry. <laughs> I do not got fear that the podcast night. voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I, I, I didn't mean to go in that voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so I'll, I'll shut up now, Negin, and not take over. <laughs> We're gonna get into it with topic number one. Mm-hmm. Folks, Rudy Giuliani has been hospitalized for coronavirus, and he's set to make a speedy recovery, thank God. Um, but it is a, yet another high-profile Republican to get it. And I just wonder, are we still in a world where, um, I mean, we're still in a world where COVID is number one in the USA. Like, we've done the best at making, letting it ravage our society. We're number one. We're number well, one. Number right. one, USA. Um, <laughs> so is, but it, with these, I mean, just increasing numbers and with more and more high profile, high profile people, of course, the highest profile person also got it. Donnie had it. Um, but is COVID still being politicized or do you feel like that, that with with things becoming so bad uh, with the pandemic that we may be changing. I mean, even red states like Wyoming finally have a mask mandate. So where do you think we stand with it, Neil? Oh, sure. So I don't claim special expertise in this. I think you need a psychologist. But given my exposure to the world and to people and as an educator, uh, there are people who are resistant to embracing new ideas, new thoughts, that they always want to do things the way they always did. Mm-hmm. And in the in the political limit of that, that is sort of deep conservatism, all right? By the way, my parents did it, that's how I'm doing it, and that's the best way. And you can take that worldview to a limit that not only might compromise your own health, but the health of others, especially loved ones. And in the case of COVID, the mask not only would prevent you from getting it, if there's the COVID virus in the water droplets in the air, but it would prevent you from spreading it to others if you had the virus. And in America, where where personal freedoms are held in very high regard, and, and understandably so, and it's, it's the foundation of so much of what makes 
uh, the United States what yeah, it is. I'm, as a I'm into personal freedoms yeah, for yeah. the record. Okay, super, for the record. Super exactly. into them. Yeah. Where else can you, you know, move to a state where there is no helmet law if you're riding a motorcycle? All right. So it, it, it recognizes <laughs> that as an adult, you. I guess you, that's not one of the fun ones I would have pointed to, no, but okay. <laughs> but I point to it for a very specific reason. You, as an adult, have the freedom to increase your own chance of death in an accident mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. thereby offering organs for those who are in line to receive them. But if you don't wear a helmet on a motorcycle, you're not putting other people's lives at risk. You're not putting other drivers at risk, for example. Right, 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 and right. So, so, so that's, that's one way you can manifest freedoms it, yeah. where you don't care about yourself. The point with the mask is that protects you, but really, if you don't want to protect yourself, it's protecting other people. And so, so here's what I'm saying. You can tell this to people, and they won't believe it until it actually happens to them. And it's unfortunate because when you, the, the whole reason why there are some people in society that are called experts, all right, there's a reason why people devote their lives to learning and knowing what is objectively true in the world. And if you're not into that, or you don't want to believe anybody but your own sense of the world, then yeah, death is going to have to come to your doorstep before you believe what you were told many moons ago. And and the ripple effect is so real, right? If you choose not to wear a mask, because one of the funny thing that's happened, none of this is funny, but <laughs> one of the not many not funny things that has happened is that the entire Arizona state legislature had to close for a week because Rudy was there chatting away without a mask. And so, um, and it put all of these other people at risk. And so out of, out of caution, they had to shut the legislature of Arizona. Just, just so, remind me of the yeah. timing of that. He, he appeared in in the legislature chambers, legislative chambers, and later was diagnosed with COVID. So he might have yeah. had COVID at that time. Yeah, well, he I think he was later diagnosed, so it's unclear when he was uh, right because you can still spread it before you have symptoms, and that's one right, of the, right, right, exactly. So it's unclear when he was in the mm-hmm. spreading situation. Yeah, that's that that's simply an, an effective virus. The virus is just right. being a virus, right? Uh, you know, the most effective virus is not the one that kills you immediately. You, the virus doesn't want that because if it kills you immediately, you don't have a chance to spread it. Right, okay? right, so right, right. the most deadly viruses are not the most deadly viruses, right? They're the ones where you don't know that you have it yet. You spread it to three other people, then you get the symptoms and then you die. But now three other people have it. We've known this uh, with cholera, especially. The most virulent strains of cholera are not the most deadly. Because they'll kill the people very quickly before they have a chance to spread it into other municipalities. So, so virus is just being doing what viruses do. And uh, Nagin, I think you should do a whole show one day on how selective we are as humans for what life forms we want to protect and what we want to completely extinguish. Ooh, okay, so so rodents with fuzzy totally- tails. We're Rodents. totally trying to obliterate a virus. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're totally trying to, you know, we, we're totally rendering smallpox non-existent, okay? And, but, but how <laughs> like about a the bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. How about, did anybody ask the smallpox? So, you know, why do we like rodents with fuzzy tails and ones with, that don't have hair on their tails? Get rid of them. So, uh, you know, save the mosquitoes, right? Save 
<laughs> save the, the leeches, the ticks? The, is there any movement out there to save them? And so that's an interesting sort of philosophical, moral question that could be a really good topic for one of your future shows. Yeah, well, it's funny because there, I was talking to this woman once who was volunteering at a garden. I'm like a weird, I love gardens, don't ask. And uh, and I was chatting with a horticulturalist the way one does. And I was like, oh, is that a weed? She was like pulling. And I was like, oh, is that specific? Like a weed that kind of didn't look like one. And she was like, well, it depends on who you ask. It's like <laughs> that there is, you know, so much of our, our the way we view things. You know, if you're going to be an ideological purist, then uh, and you don't believe in killing stuff like it, like the like the jam or something, um, you wouldn't step on an ant, um, but you, you know, would you step on a virus? You know, wait, wait, it, it Fumi, is a big philosophical say question. That they were pulling marijuana out of their garden. I think she said that. <laughs> she, said weed, but she said that. I heard that. Did, did. did you hear it too? Um, I did. I was in New Jersey and it is now legal. So, <laughs> Neil, I gotta, I gotta the joke add there that. is I, I'm I never way, in New Jersey. I love the way you uh, talk about viruses. You know, you're just like, oh yeah, viruses do what they do and the strongest ones aren't always the death. Like, I, I would love to, I, I need you by my side if I ever get an STD and I'm just oh, it's, right? you know, it's like, listen, listen, baby. They just do what they do. They do they're just doing what they do. They figured out how to yeah. I need you in my life. You know. <laughs> plus, plus, here's here's the the really great genius of viruses is they made sure that humans fully evolved to who we are today with technology, so that we invented airplanes, so that the virus can get on an airplane and go to another continent. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but also, you know, the cruises, all the, the the only thing the virus wanted was to get on a you know a Caribbean like a Royal Caribbean cruise. <laughs> they just wanted to go to the Bahamas. Buffet. That's all. <laughs> It's not its fault. I get in 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 that respect. I sort of get the virus. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we all—that's all we all want. Um, Well, let's talk about um, Flumi. Let me know. So there was a situation where Pfizer was going to give us more doses of the vaccine. Um, The vaccine just started being administered. We're recording on a Wednesday. It was just administered yesterday for the first time in the UK. but we, I think the, I the saw trust- that footage. It was like a ninety-year-old woman. I think yeah, she was like, yeah, she was wearing a really cute Christmas sweater, and she was pa- real patient festive. number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, so the the United States, so the Trump administration declined to have another hundred million doses of the vaccine. So we only have one hundred million, which will cover fifty million people because it's two jabs of the arm. Um, Fumi, what did what did you think when you heard that news? And what do you? How do you think? I mean, it's weird because we're like one administration is going to be handling this initial rollout and then another administration is going to be handling the other rollout. So it's like we have to deal with both. But what do you think Mm -hmm. of how the vaccine um, distribution is being handled so far? Mm-hmm. Um, before I, I start, I, I love when when Neil started his little spiel. He was like, "Listen, I'm not a medical expert, but I am an astronaut." And, and like, I gotta say, I, I, <laughs> and then he sounded I, like a medical I, expert. <laughs> yes, I, I gotta just warn you. I will tell you what I think, but I, I am a, a stand-up comedian with a music degree, and the last book I read was Holes. Okay, so please just don't do anything with this information. Uh, I saw that movie. I, saw, I didn't read the book, but I saw the movie Holes. Oh, I read the book, Neil. I read the book. So oh, excuse me. Why, don't you, why don't you leave this to me? Okay, someone who. Reads, okay. Somebody um, who actually read the children's book <laughs> holes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so it's a middle know, schoolers book. It's a middle school. Well, you know, I read it in fourth grade. It's a little precocious. Anyways, uh-huh. um, what do I think about? It? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I read this article uh, on the Times, and uh, I mean, it, it's weird because I think when they got the deal or when they were offered the deal, like they didn't understand the the efficacy of it. So, like, I I understand why they 
couldn't they didn't want to go all, all the way with, right. with Pfizer. Um, but I think what kind of scared me is like there is sort of a uh, a money making scheme aspect to all of this, right? So now the the U.S. can't buy all of it. Now they're selling it to the to Europe and all oh, these right, right, places. Right. And, and what I didn't read is uh, like I didn't read anybody selling anything to like the Asian countries. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, I have yeah. so I have so many families. Like my family is there. So like I was reading all this, and it's just like a bunch of Europeans and Americans like kind of fighting over the limited resources. But I'm just like, what is happening to my family? Well, can I tell you? Another de- depressing thing is that there's been an international effort called COVAX. It's a, a global initiative to help um, get the vaccine into the hands of more poor countries. Mm-hmm. And the United States decided not to join that initiative. I don't know if you're surprised to hear that. Yeah, it was but like there was something... a bit of an America first um, yes, declaration yes. Uh, when it came to the distribution of these viruses. What do you, you know, as someone who has family in, uh, in, in my, I, I, most of my family is in Iran. As listeners know, so like I and and I and I talked last week about a family member who died of coronavirus, and so um, and Iran still has some, the sanctions that and are, are restricting and, and access that ex- to support. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how why she died because she there was no because on top of this is already a difficult pandemic. There were no uh, there's not enough medical supplies in that country to just handle what's happening um, because mm-hmm. of sanctions. So so I mean, what do you both think of the, our responsibility to poor countries? I mean, I, it's so weird because. Uh, for like the longest time, America was all about like going up into other countries' grills. You know, it's like, yo, let me in this. Like, you got a war. Let me, let me in all of this. Like, they're just like, they're so noisy. They're so like nosy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Super. Um, you know, shout out to George Bush, you know? But I mean, like, but I mean, like, when it comes to this, now they're all like, America first, you know? And it's like, they're just kind of choosing when they want to be a global leader and when they don't want to be a global leader. So, like, that's definitely annoying. But that said, uh, specifically, I mean, obviously, some of the third world countries, like, they're going to need um, all the first world countries' help. But, like, specifically, like I know a lot of Asian co- I have a cousin in Japan and like you know I, I think they were just like a little bit better about wearing masks because it wasn't politicized um, and also what? they've just be- they had more uh, what was it H1N1 back in the day it, mm-hmm, was, it mm-hmm. was already a cultural thing to wear a mask if you were yes, yes. If, you go- if you were gonna do a sneezings that day oh for sure I mean I remember like yeah. I, mean, I lived there until I was like eight or so but I remember I'd go back every summer like it's very common to see people wearing masks on trips yeah, so that was, it wasn't weird deal. not a big yeah. deal <laughs> which is like so weird because in America it's been politicized and it's weird to think that there are like super right-wing nationalists like in Asian countries who are like, let's colonize the world again, but they're like wearing masks. You know, that's like not right, a thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? well, let's be really, yeah, like uh, clean about it and protect everyone's germs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I, I like that perspective about how America wanted to be everywhere, even the UK as well, just in the, the whole colony concept. In fact, one of my more controversial tweets, which I didn't post to be controversial, but it turned out to be, I just said... Um, uh, the history of colonialism in six words. Is that yours? It's mine now. That's it. You nailed it. So here's my, my reaction to this third world, first world, whatever. It's didn't we learn that the virus doesn't care where you live? The virus doesn't care your skin color, who you have sex with. It, it's basically an alien invader. And all it cares about is that you are human. And so 
to have one country be fully protected, leaving other countries unprotected. Uh, I heard this recently. It's like it's like designating a peeing section of your swimming pool. Okay, <laughs> it's like that, this is we <laughs> we are mm. an interconnected species. Yeah, if you're gonna protect one section of it and not another, that's not going to work. All right. As long as people travel, as long as people fly, we have to think of this holistically as what is the most, what are the, the most uh, significant vectors that would move this disease? Okay. You, you inoculate them. That could be traveling salespeople, old people. You don't want to lose your grandparents. So you do this sensibly worldwide. I think the, the, this is a test for how we might react if an asteroid is coming, okay? The, the day the extinction level asteroid is coming, you're gonna say, well, it's gonna hit the Indian Ocean, so I don't have to worry about it here. Well, mm. but, if it, it, but it affects the climate of the entire Earth, that's gonna matter. And it might've hit straight here, all right? So, so we need to think, some things require the maturity of an adult. <laughs> <laughs> to, mm-hmm. decide, mm-hmm. <laughs> to decide uh, we are the world and we're going to solve this as a world problem, not as a one nation to another nation problem. Right. Not all nations have the resources to develop a vaccine. We get that. But that's true throughout time. Different uh, achievements landed in different parts of the world. To, so since we are now completely interconnected, I would think in my sort of liberal leftist worldview that that should be shared with the world because we're all in this together. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, the the virus doesn't care what your destination wedding plans are, you know? And so (laughs) I think people really forget it is people like us that travel and go places and that, you know, so I, it's, um, it's it's exactly that. You can't pee in one quadrant of the pool. Um, yeah. yeah, you can. I, it's just that don't believe that it's going to stay there. That's all. Right, <laughs> right. right. You got to pee. Way, just go 10 feet away from you. It's like the old day. You, know, you guys aren't old enough. Planes had the smoking section. <laughs> okay? Oh. And that was like the last several rows. And if you sat in first class, which I never did at that time, first class only had three or four rows. The last of the four rows was the smoking section. So anyone lights up, you smelled it in the entire plane. So I said, who are they kidding? The smoking section. You know, yeah, so, yeah. It's so funny. I, I um, By the way, uh, all of this is reminding me that I take my daughter to swim lessons on Saturdays and... Uh, and my and she's you know it's that she's so young I I have to swim with her, um, and uh, I just feel like I'm swimming in other kids' urine, and that's just a reality <laughs> that I've accepted. Um, so as you will go about your Saturday morning, just think of me fondly as swimming I will, in pee. I will. That's, <laughs> that's gross. All right. Well, um, there's so much uh, we could talk about here, but uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a quick break and learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to get into another topic. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we are back and we're ready with topic number two. So a Japanese space capsule carrying samples from a distant asteroid just landed in the desert of South Australia after a six-year mission. Uh, This has been a long-awaited project, obviously, and I want to ask Neil um, what this all means, what they hope to find, why it took so long. Just basically explain, you know, what is it that they're hoping to see in all of this. Um, I heard uh, early reports that uh, the sample from the asteroid uh, tastes like chicken. Was that... (laughs) surprising to you no only the only the the aliens that were on it when they when you barbecue them up in australia it's like chicken totally (laughs) the living matter tasted like chicken so so first of all for you to say why did it take so long when it only took six years let me just just let me just you just pause for a minute all right okay the japanese launched a spacecraft from earth Mm. a moving platform in its orbit around the sun Mm. towards a location in space where the asteroid was going to be at the point it gets to that location. So it intersects the asteroid, itself a moving object, scoops up material, puts it in a canister, and then goes into a re-intersection orbit with Earth and lands in a place where you intended it to land. This is just can we can I get an amen for this? Can I can I can, can somebody oh, no. just say, oh my gosh, smart people are involved in this project? Okay, so this is orbital dynamics, it's gravitation, it's it's all of this coming together. And the reason why asteroids are interesting in this context is they've been order, orbiting the sun for nearly five billion years unscathed untouched. If you pick up a rock on Earth, chances are it has been through a volcano, through the magma of the uh, beneath the crust, and is, is not what was here when the Earth was born. So whereas asteroids have the birth ingredients of the solar system. And so if you go to an asteroid, scoop it up and bring it back to Earth, you have very special ingredients right there. And Wait, so- Wait, let me ask a question real quick. So you said when you find a rock on Earth, it was not here. Oh yeah, it's 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 a it's it's round two or round three for it. It's not the original material that Earth was made of. Mm. Gotcha. And it always la- ends up in my shoe, for the record. Just somehow, <laughs> All always. Those rocks in your shoe. That rock. <laughs> no, no, no. Rocks don't go in shoes. No, no. Pebbles <laughs> go in shoes, not rocks. Okay. Oh, got you. Okay. It's only you. the pebble in the shoe, right? So, okay. So this, so it, so that that's remarkable. Um, how it how it got there. You also um, get to study. Does it have? Is there water content in it? What are the minerals? Uh, what are the uh, heavier elements, the metals? Could there be rare earth metals in it? So you want to know precisely what those ingredients are because maybe one day we'll have mining operations on asteroids. You want to you know, get capitalistic about it. There you have it. Right, like like uh, was some precious metal or something could come mm. from Yeah, the, so the problem is you have to be careful because if you find – an asteroid made of gold, um, and you say, oh, wow, this is worth a quadrillion dollars worth of gold, the moment you bring it to Earth, it's not worth that (laughs) because the price of gold 
drops. All right. Part of the price of gold is how much of it versus what's the demand. And right. so now, now you've just blown out the supply of it. You probably wouldn't be able to give away gold at that point. And it would still have industrial use, but it would just become a common metal that you wouldn't even bend over to pick up in the street. So you mm. have to think, you have to rethink the economics of something that is otherwise expensive on earth, but common in the universe. And I will tell you to get all deep in, in the United Nations on you that the universe has unlimited resources of energy, of materials, raw materials, this sort of thing. And so, so when you look at how many wars have been fought on earth because of access to limited resources, mm. if the solar system and all these comets and asteroids become part of our backyard voyaging, then it deletes an entire category of warfare that has brought about conflict in the history of civilization. So it you may throw be in, like you throw in same day delivery and no. then, then <laughs> you're talking real economic yeah, Amazon upset. in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I just want to say that that the future space may be the greatest life saving um, activity that we've ever embarked upon. I have a question about this is for Neil, and I'm so sorry. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask questions on this podcast. <laughs> yes, but you like, are, yeah. what is the okay? How, what is the process of like? I, I, I read this article, and uh, first of all, I didn't even know they. Wait, I thought you didn't read anything after you read polls. <laughs> I thought so. You do. I, I read articles, not books. Ar articles. I, trans articles. I, I translated so all of the articles into a picture book. For a picture me, book. And that's when he says I, read. Fact, that's not what just he a picture meant. book, yeah. but a cardboard picture book. <laughs> yes. The, yeah, like in three dimensions. Yes. yes. I cannot believe I'm getting roasted by Neil deGrasse Tyson on air right now in front of millions of listeners. That's great. Um, what is what is the process of like claiming rocks in space? You know, that's like they they gave it like a Japanese name and there's like a Japanese thing on it and they got the stuff. But it's like to me the concept of like owning land out there. Like, it, are there like legal? Yeah, things, yeah. So you know? so there's a whole frontier of of space law, a whole frontier. Oh. For, and and it's not just who owns it. It's if you. Let's say you go to another planet and you're pregnant and you and then your child is born on another planet. What is the nationality of that child? If you find aliens who are smarter than you on another planet and you kill them, is that murder? Because murder is defined for you know humans. It's not defined. So so there's a lot of sort of uh, there's a there's a wild west frontier in the legal activities that would be conducted in space. So maybe if you set up base camp, that's an extension of your country. That's how that was done in Antarctica and a few other places initially. So there could be ways to do that. But in terms of who owns what, that's an economic frontier beyond just a legal frontier. And it could be what happened, they might do it the way we did it here in the United States in the West, where you have homesteading. So the way you do it is if you get the money to go visit an asteroid and exploit its resources, you own the asteroid. Th that is crazy. I didn't know about uh, space law. That's crazy to think that in a hundred years, like we'll be living in different planets, and Asian parents will still try to make their kids be a lawyer, like a space lawyer. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's insane. That's, that's so crazy. <laughs> that is so sad for me. Okay, that's, that's sad. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. it's a. Uh, but, but, so I'm just saying that if you go there and you do it, then you get to mine it and then you get to sell it. Okay, but then you have to sort of. Uh, we might still tax you, so you got to take care of your your property. All right, and don't let it go to go to hell. But. If we have many people sort of doing this to asteroids, the, 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 the silver lining of that, other than that they might become the first trillionaires in the world and you're not, the silver lining is they know how to go to asteroids and mine them. Mm. 
So if we discover an asteroid that has Earth's name on it headed straight towards us, we might go say, hey, um, you know, asteroid mining company number two, could you deflect that asteroid for us? Uh, we need you so that we don't want it to go extinct. Oh, by all means. Oh, by the way, I'll be pulling out material before I do it. What do you want? Some of this gold? Do you want some of this platinum, iridium? So just to think about a whole other future with space is just part of what we do. Um, that's great. It, it, it feels like, um, what was that show? Like the, the fly? No, not the fly. The one, the space cowboy show. Man, never mind. I can't remember. Just Wait, the those. anime? No, it, it was a live action. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listeners space are screaming. cowboy show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it was like, I just think it, oh God, no, never mind. But basically it's what you're describing. So um, that is the future. And it, for people who want to know what that is, go ahead and well, Google. Well, in, in the movie, in the movie, um, what's the movie that was just out recently with, um, did it have Brad Pitt in it? Yeah, Brad Pitt. What was what's the name of that movie? Where there's an outpost on the moon. The show I'm thinking of is Firefly. Firefly. Oh, Firefly! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it feels like what you're describing is like Firefly. Going yeah, out there the, getting the, stuff. there was yeah. certain outposts that were the frontier, and that and they were unsettled, right? And they you'd set, you know. So yes, why wouldn't it happen that way in space if we know that it happened that way on Earth? And the players are still the same. They're humans with the same values <laughs> right, right, and loves right. and hates and prejudices and all the rest of this. So. Yeah. And in fact, um, in, a, in a recent movie that starred Brad Pitt, a space movie, he, they had, there were pirates on the moon. We had operations on the moon and pirates would come and steal your stuff and then escape. And, and I thought that was a little bit of a stretch because it's really expensive to get to the moon. So pirates, <laughs> right. would, they would just, whatever money they spent to get to the moon, just keep that money. Right? It's just, that's, that's your pirate booty. All right. The money you didn't spend getting to the moon to be a pirate. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I imagine a world where it's like subway fare to get to them. I mean, is that, I, that's kind of where we're headed, right? Like, no, like <laughs> afternoon, like, you know, ladies brunch on the moon. You know what I mean? Like I see, oh, yeah. that see, happening. see you there in a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't see that. No, I disagree. I'm not on that camp. <laughs> Right. Oh, I got uh, one for you. Who knows more okay. on this, me or Neil? Okay, <laughs> can we just? Okay, you want you want to have lunch on the moon in a restaurant? I can tell yeah. you this: they would have very interesting restaurants there, and you know. But the problem is, they'd have no atmosphere. You know. Hey, hey. astrophysicist Neil. Joe. Oh, Neil. That's that. We could just end the show now. Um, Mic drop. <laughs> okay, I want to ask though. I want to ask you, Neil. Like now that we have you on the show, I've always actually wanted to ask you, what is your? Um, because I've been very lucky to sometimes co-host your uh, wonderful. Uh, let me just say that talk. publicly. You've been so nice. We've had you've been my co-host on my because we have uh, we have comedians as my co-hosts on Star Talk, and so I was delighted to have you to first meet you on Star Talk, and I still haven't met you in person, but uh, so you've sad. only been in, in the COVID-iverse, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I was delighted. We had you two, maybe three times. So yeah. I'm delighted to, to return that favor and be oh on Oh my gosh. Show. No, no. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it's, it's such a wonderful show and I've learned so much. Um, and my question for you is like, what is your dream space discovery? Like, what is the thing that you are just like, or that, what is the dream discovery that you might hope to find from this asteroid dirt? 
You just insulted him. That's no, that, you know, that's cold. That's that's that. <laughs> I, re- I, d- I put a little this too much stank over. on it when I said dirt. <laughs> you know, I meant it in a nice way. All right, so so the, for me, the three greatest scientific mysteries. Maybe there are four. Four greatest scientific mysteries. One, how did we get from organic molecules Mm. to self-replicating life? That transition remains a mystery in the laboratory, but we have top people working on it, number one. Number two, what was around before the Big Bang? That's another one, okay? What was around before time began? What if it it was just like a room full of cubicles and like a few printers? (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's the thing. That's really what it looked like. (laughs) Okay, Nagin has answered that question. I no longer am curious about it. Please remove that from your list. Thank you. (laughs) I can remove it from the list. Also, the two great mysteries, one of them very longstanding and one a little more recent, we want to know the nature of the dark matter in the universe the dark, most of the gravity of the universe has no known origin. And it's the longest unsolved problem in astrophysics. It's been with us since the 1930s. We've known that gravity is coming from some mysterious place. So there's that. And there's something that's making the universe accelerate in its expansion. And we don't know what's, we can measure it, but we don't know what's causing it. So for me, those are the four biggies. But let me give you a, a, a weirder answer. Okay. Um, I don't like the questions that I know how to pose. I wanna know the answers to questions I've yet to figure out how to ask. Mm. Right, like do aliens wear cargo pants? Like okay. is that- <laughs> Okay, I hadn't is, thought of that one. Did you know one. to pose that question? <laughs> okay, I didn't think to pose that question, but why wouldn't they? Because they want to carry a lot of stuff with them. Yeah, yeah, no, the pockets, it's very utilitarian. It's very utilitarian. But think about it. Once we discover what's before the universe or how life began or dark matter, dark energy, you now find yourself on a new vista of inquiry, staring out right. to a farther place into that sphere of the unknown than you could have seen before. And then this feeds whole new trajectories of inquiry that enable you to ask questions undreamt of in a previous generation. So that's really what I lose sleep over each night, wondering what question I don't yet know to ask. You don't even know. You know what, though? I think for people like you, the chase, the thrill of the chase, it's like the thrill of the chase. It's not, it's like once you get know the answer, will you just be like, ugh, like now I'm well, going to start Well, it's true in science. Point. You know, the public reads you know, the final results of longtime research projects. And the public thinks scientists are just discovering stuff every day. Right, no, right, right. No, we are toiling, gut slogging in a laboratory at, a, in a, at, at some experiment at an observatory. And this effort is what you ultimately must embrace. The poet Rainer Maria Rilke, I think, said it best, where it's simply that you have to learn to love the questions themselves. Yeah, mm. that's it. We we'll have to that's... say it in a Barry White learn, learn. to love the questions. <laughs> okay, fool me. Did you, is that you better with that? Yeah. You like just, that? Just had a, just had a hey girl at the top. And then... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey girl, <laughs> learn to love the questions themselves. Okay. <laughs> oh. 
Um, all right, folks, that is it for topic number two. And we are going to move into topic number three. Uh, one of the things that's been particular, particularly hilarious about this election, besides none of it, is that Fox was the first network to call Arizona for Biden. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Donnie was pissed, but Fox was right. Since then, if you watch Fox during the this is Fox News, by the way, if you watch Fox News during the day, they recognize Biden as the president-elect. But then if you watch Fox News at night and you get the commentary shows or the, the opinion shows, they talk about him as like a fraudulent voter stealer. Um, and uh, it's just a really funny, to me, network level existential crisis playing out in real time. Um, what what has been the role of Fox and um, what's happening to it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know people who watch like OAN and like Newsmax and, and all that. And, uh, you know, you, you asked the question like, you know, if these are your friends, just let's make it clear. <laughs> yeah, they're my best friends. They're your best uh, friends. Okay, just, just make it honestly, clear. And honestly, there was voter fraud. I will say that on it. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, side note, I'm in Palm Springs right now, which is where Nagin grew up, by the way. What? And, uh, yeah, <laughs> my it's hometown. Like, That's so it's weird. It's so nice. And I honestly, I was like walking around and like, playing golf and stuff and I was like I don't even know how Nagin turned into like an empathetic like liberal person because like the second I, the second I touched the golf club I was like you know what we don't all need insurance this is crazy right exactly you know? <laughs> yeah. it, it happened uh, just just right it, 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 maybe by the second hole third yes, hole yeah. you're totally in right? yeah I, I changed my name to Walter like it was a whole thing and, and no um, shamefully I'm, as someone from Palm Springs I do not know how to play golf I tried to learn golf once because I had a crush on a boy named Brandon in high school <laughs> <laughs> and he offered to teach me and I thought it was like him trying to make moves but of course it was not it was all in my head so I learned how to like whatever hold a club or something but of course I was just like pre- preoccupied the wait, 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 entire wait, time by his, how cute he was wait did he put his hands around you to show oh you how to God. hold a club I mean because <laughs> that's you know that's the, that's the oldest one in the book <laughs> he did but then he didn't follow it up with an invitation to homecoming which is what i was really angling uh, for yeah. so that's what neo did you do that in college like with homework like like science homework like, hey girl like you like you like hug her from behind no. you, you got you got the equation all wrong girl but i went to a place where there are a lot of uh, highly competent people mm, so okay no, okay no, by the way i uh for for people who listened to last week's show i was li- i was just r- r- looking through uh neil degrasse tyson's wikipedia and uh there isn't a university he hasn't been to like you have been to like <laughs> you have a degree from like 75 different universities no, it's, <laughs> it's like insane that's an exaggeration I mean, it was just it's like 22. i gotta stop reading it's, this it's, wikipedia no, no, entry no, i'm losing fair, it there, there's honorary degrees that's that's where the you know, you spread the love of, of academia, but uh, I, no, I only I have one one original PhD, and then uh, so my undergraduate degree is in physics. That's from Harvard, and then a PhD from Heard Columbia. Nice. So you were going to say about Palm Springs and oh, yeah. well, right okay. wing media. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, this is more like a serious thing, but I think, and this is this relates to the first thing we talked about, like. But like uh, I have some like music journalist friends who always tell me like, hey, like mainstream is no longer relevant because of how people consume media. And even on Spotify, even on apps like TikTok, you know, what I see is different than what you see. So right, like, right, I right. think these other networks are going to 
continue to thrive. And even with the mask stuff, you know, you ask like, oh, what do people think about it? But like from what I see on my Twitter feed and like TikTok and stuff, it seems like people are like wilding out, right? Like they're just not wearing masks. They're they're talking about QAnon. And like, that's what I think the other side of America looks like. But like, you know, that may not be true. And, and I think unfortunately, like these customized channels for Republican people who are like a little bit more extreme, they're just gonna kind of keep thriving. You know, these companies are gonna keep making money at the ex- expense of like maybe a civil war. So like, that's, you know, that's a little, that's my serious answer. Um, to that question. You, you know, Neil, I was watching. Um, I remember seeing you on on Real Time with Bill Maher, and you were talking about anti intellectualism. Um, and what, what do you? How do you think that plays into what we're seeing with the rise of stuff like Newsmax and OANN? Well, so let's step back a moment. This is no different from any other thing that's been going on ever since there's been media. There, you. Okay, so for example, right now there's you can go to the military channel and all the programming is about the military, all right? You can and the history channel used to be called the Hitler channel. You know, anytime you went to it there was some some World War II coverage. <laughs> we've had media stovepiping ever since we've had media. It just had not previously included the telling of news, all right? Not to the extent that it does today. But the notion that you'd read a different magazine than I would. You'd listen to a different radio station. Why does Sirius have 800 radio stations? Because not everyone is going to want to listen to the same thing at all times. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's true with or without a flow of news. There are people who listen to different flavors of comedy, for example. All right? That's in your own world. All right? There's some clubs where you you can't play in those clubs because it's the wrong kind of comedy. So, mm. so let's be honest with ourselves about how about the how media has divided us or how we divide ourselves right. and media as a vessel to enable that. What I'm telling you is that if, and I don't mind that because people have hobbies, people have interests, fine. However, the purpose of science and its methods and tools honed over the centuries is to establish what is objectively true in this world and what is not. And The news reporting agencies used to be a participant in this exercise, all right? You don't trust one source. You got to go to multiple sources. Just because somebody tells you something doesn't make it true. Just because they tell you something you want to hear doesn't make it true. So the media used to be, but used to basically participate in a version of the scientific method. Now, the news media, now that the news media is sort of joining the stovepiping of the world, we no longer have uh, a reliable place to get what is objectively true in the world. And what is objectively true is not only what is or is not true, it's are you giving all the information you could? You could be telling the truth, but you're missing half the story that would give you a whole other understanding mm-hmm. of what's going on. Mm-hmm. That is a, another way of of uh, stovepiping um, what you want to be true versus what is true. So uh, what I might... So, make a long story short, to the extent that that is sustained, it is the, it is, it is the unraveling of civilization as we know it. Because we can't agree on what is true. That yeah. means you can't make, take action on an institutional national state level. And it's those kinds of actions that have advanced civilization in the past. And if you can't do that, we might as well just all move back to the cave because that's where we're headed straight. 
Oh God, that's just depressing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus you, you, you started this. Did I? Did I? Okay. Did can I, I? All right. Let me let me offer a counter. Oh, by the way, just to be clear, I'm mm. I'm duty bound to tell you this. Um, Cosmos airs on Fox. Right. So when you speak of Fox, you should not just say Fox. Fox you News. Say yeah. Fox News. Yeah, okay? yeah. It's a very important distinction, and it's not just a semantic because. Fox flagship is what airs The Simpsons, right, Family right. Guy. In the <laughs> 1990s, they had In Living Color, all right? Yep. And before Disney bought 20th Century Fox and, and Fox Search Like Pictures, 20th Century Fox brought Avatar to the screen. 20th, and, um, uh, Fox Search Like Pictures brought Slumdog Millionaire, Little Miss Sunshine, some of the most progressive mm. media products ever created have happened on the Fox platform. So all it meant was that the owners of Fox have you coming and going no matter which of those stovepipes you live mm. in. And they'll go all the way to the bank because they're feeding every branch, that every road that, that comes into their thoroughfare. Right. I mean, because at the end of the day, and and with Newsmax and with OANN, this is the there is a capitalist imperative. There's a money making imperative, and so to make all of those wonderful properties you talked about, it wasn't necessarily just that that they were wonderful and they wanted to champion good work. It was that they wanted to make money off of good work, right? So I think, um, which is fine. So does Earwolf. So does Sirius. I mean, you know, that's it's totally like I get it. I get the. Meaning media landscape that I myself am a part of. Um, I My question is, and my I have a hunch that when, and we'll, we'll know very soon if I'm horribly wrong, that when Trump is no longer in office, so we're talking January 21, the, the cameras will turn off on him, I think, pretty significantly. Because when he doesn't have the office of the presidency, he does very much feel like a clownish sideshow, right? He was the guy, like, he gets attention for being ridiculous, but not for being substantive or, you know. Um, I think, and I think it, birtherism got traction in that way, where it was like, oh, this ridiculous clown guy is talking about whether or not Obama is an American. But he wasn't taken that seriously. Like, I mean, it was, it became a news story, I think, just because it was so ridiculous. And then a lot of, you know, and, and it was reported on. So then people started talking about it. But I, I think that the media's learned a little bit of a lesson from reporting on him, you, you know, incessantly. Um, mainstream media. And I just think that like, he's just, who cares what he thinks? You know, it's like Rom people didn't care that much what Romney thought after Romney lost an election. I mostly disagree with you. Mm, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, for the record. Okay. Oh my so, God. Okay. Right. Let's hear it. Everything you said, it sounds sensible. Okay. And so 10% of me says, yeah, Nagin's got, she's, she's, with the pulse of the world. The, you, I think what you're mistaken in thinking that it's all about Trump because he leaves office, there's still the matter of the 70 million people who voted for him. It's not that he lost the election. I don't think of it that way. It's that he garnered more votes than he did the first time he ran. Okay, 10 million more people voted for him, knowing everything about him. 
Okay, knowing that he grabs pussies, knowing that right. he's a, that knowing that he's disgraced, um, you know, uh, uh, veterans, bankruptcies, N- and all of that. Knowing all of this, he got ten million more votes. So this country has to figure out what to do about the seventy million people who voted for him, with or without him in office. They are there now. They could still follow him in a cult like way, because it is a bit of a cult, and cults need cult leaders, so I get that. So there might be, he might have a second life where he's, you know, kibitzing what's going on, and he might run again in four years, that all could happen. But, so I don't think he's going away, because everything you're saying about him that's clown-like was known by 70 million people who voted for him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, he's off the shelf now, so, you know... uh, uh, he fell out the back off the back of the truck. Now we can move forward. I think there's some reckoning that still needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like those 70 million people. They, I feel with Trump, they felt seen, you know. And I feel like as a as an Asian entertainer, like you know, we're all about like representation in the media. And I truly, <laughs> I truly feel like Trump and like OAN, like that is the crazy rich Asians, but for like white dudes named Tucker or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what it is, and you know what happened. After, you know what happened after Crazy Rich Asians? They 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 signed a bunch of new Asian TV shows, right? And I think that's you know to Neil's point, it's like that demand doesn't go away. Oh, I you know, see. So it 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 was a a portal right. through which other they things saw. related to that happened. Very a very perceptive. But point. can I say? Can I give you one piece of fun information? No. Which is no. <laughs> Fumi and I agree end. with each other. We're good here. You're outnumbered. You're outvoted. <laughs> Here's my one piece of fun information. Newsmax is not profitable. It loses money, right? So it's not necessarily profitable to run that kind of ridiculous conspiracy peddling news organization. And to me, it's about where the money is, right? Mm. Fox has been able to like be a kingmaker because it was also remarkably profitable. But being the, you know, the QAnon adjacent news network is not, has not proven to make a lot of money. Uh, so I think if that continues to be the trend where then they can't make money off of it, then they ha- they'll have to move to something else. And Just maybe for proper context, the, the yeah. history of news in America. Mm-hmm. Is that the news was lost leaders? So they, the news, the entertainment side of ABC, NBC, CBS mm-hmm. made the money, and the news was a a duty and an obligation public service, right. to a public the public service. So uh, that landscape has surely changed. Um, you know, when CNN came on, and they, by the way, let's be honest, CNN profited greatly when we were at war because everyone sure. t- tuned to CNN. What's going to happen next? Who's going to bomb who? What nighttime shots do you have of those missiles with the streak, the, the streamers behind it? This is why people watched. So, yeah, I don't think we're as honest with ourselves as we can and should be about how and why anything that happens actually happens. I mean, uh, but, I, but I think that, you know, you're, you're, Fumi, you're definitely right that people are getting their information from siloed sources. Um But there's also still, you know, I think when we're looking at platforms like Facebook that sort of enable those algorithms, and if we're looking at, you know, I I don't think, there isn't necessarily a partisan position on whether those algorithms should be unregulated. Because 
because conservatives will say Facebook is anti-conservative, right, or whatever. So, so I think that there's also some public policy measures that could help us in putting us all back in the same bowl of news. Um, there, th- this possibility exists, and with the government that we might have in January of 2021, I, you know, I think there are some possibilities there. And the European Union is already doing is already doing stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, making so I feel like it'll be more and more difficult for us to just go into our corners and not accept reality. Yeah. So just to, I, from what I understand regarding Facebook, they, you know, they they present themselves as a passive platform, right? That just sells ads. But if what they do to sell ads shapes your opinion of the world then they're an opinion-shaping organization. And if you think it's news when you are exposed to it, then Facebook is no longer a passive portal. They're an active deliverer of news influencing people's thoughts, behaviors, and judgments. On that level, that's where the regulation comes in. Because uh, the other networks, where they have opinions and they have news and they have entertainment, they, they're regulated. So if you're regulated, then the authenticity of what you're doing has to stand some level of scrutiny. And I think people know that. And they're on, you know, I don't know where it'll land, but that's where it's headed. Um, I feel like we're ending the show on a depressing note. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's whatever I... it is, it's not my fault or Fumi's fault. You're the one putting out the questions. So I'm gonna. So to close the show, I'm gonna ask you both to tell me um, in this uh, in this season what is making you hopeful, Fumi. What's making me hopeful? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, as you as you golf in Palm Springs, yes. what's well, making I'm, you hopeful? Listen, I I'm not like a rich man. I just I'm here for like work and I'm shooting some things. I'm in this like quarantine house, but uh, no judgment, no judgment. No judgment. Um, but you know, this week has been interesting because it's like the first time I've been around other people and like that's been fun socializing. But what's oh, been you really, really are in Palm Springs? I really am. Yes. yes. Oh, I thought you were joking. Oh no, my no, god! No, no, no. <laughs> I, this is not a New York apartment. And you, you really that. did play golf, and you really did become QAnon by the <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh, all, all hell Satan or whatever they say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, but what's so interesting is like I'm staying with these people, and it's the first time I've interacted with anybody for this long and forever. And there's been like drama at the house, you know. And Hilarious. I missed. I missed drama. I was like, oh, this is what life is all about, baby. Yes. Yeah, I, I ate your stupid lunch. I don't give a shit. You know, like mm. that's, <laughs> that is that is life. And that those dra- dramatic moments that I'm clearly causing like single handedly uh, is that like kind of reminded me like what human interaction is supposed to be. And that like very small thing gave me like, I don't know, sort of a, a rush of life, if you will. A frisson you know? of yeah. excitement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for that's sure. fun. Um, Neil, what is making you hopeful? Hopeful uh, about COVID or just about life in general? Just any, yeah, during these difficult times, um, what's kind of keeping you going? Uh, what's keeping me going is uh, the knowledge that ultimately, when people really want their problem solved, they turn to scientists. And yeah. I'm privileged to be a, a member of a community that is there for you when you have these challenges that either you brought upon yourself or 
come from outside forces. So, um, yeah. And, and so, so for me, that's, it offers me a, a bit of hope. If you look at how long it had taken to make vaccines for other viruses in the history of illness, it's years and years, decades in some cases. Whereas in this, now it's, it's you know, when was it first reported? Not much more than a year ago right. in China, uh, maybe 18 months if you stretch it a lot. Um, and so uh, that's a good thing. And we need those reminders that science can come through in the way we need it to. And the people who casually use their smartphones to while they're walking down the street to call someone else who's walking down their street a thousand miles away, or while you're in an airplane flying at 500 miles an hour and you get off the other side and you complain that the internet was a little slow on the airplane, can we just take a pause for a moment <laughs> and reflect on where science and especially technology has gotten us into this century? And, um, and maybe... The, f the future we all dreamt we'd have back in, I'm old enough to utter the sentence, in the 1950s and 60s, there was the future, mm. okay? Where everyone was getting around on monorails and motorized walkways and flying cars. That future never came in quite the way that was imagined. But you knew at the time it would require listening to and 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 exploring all that science and technology could bring to you the food of the future the home of the future transportation of the future we need so maybe science needs a little better marketing yeah. <laughs> so that people can come through and say you know a, a marketing campaign today thank a scientist <laughs> <laughs> Did you not die in childbirth? Thank a scientist, right? Did you call your 95-year-old mother today? Thank a scientist, right? So, so maybe that's the future that awaits us once we recognize through these, the toil of what it is to ignore scientists that maybe uh, the future really is bright. Yeah, I really love that hashtag, thank a scientist, because, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, did you not die in childbirth? Because I, I had to have a C-section when I had a baby. And the doctor said to me, you know, after I was in labor for um, 17 hours, no big deal, guys, I'm just like a martyr. And I, she said to me, we're going to have to get a, do a C-section. Um, and I was really upset because I didn't want one. And she was like, but think of it this way. No, I'd be you, upset that if I'm going to have a C-section, I would have had it in the first hour. If I knew I had to have a C-section, <laughs> you don't wait for 17 hours of labor. Um, I guess I'll have a C-section now. <laughs> but she was just like, think of it. Like, if this had happened to you 100 years ago, you just would have died. You well, know? both of you. Yeah, both of you would be dead. We would have both died. And yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. You know, let's get that C-section going. And mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's absolutely right. We often take for granted um, the, the stuff that we should really, you know, that we should be really thankful for. And one of the items, and this is kind of what I'm grateful for this week. One of the items that really stood out to me as we were prepping for the show was that this mission has been, the, the, the Japan asteroid dirt mission has been going on, <laughs> is what I call, what it is officially called, um, has been started in 2014. So this group of scientists has been working on it for six years. And that's just to get literally a gram of dirt from an asteroid. Wait, and wait, then wait, they're going to take that that's dirt. That's how long... 
That's how long the mission was. Right. But the they mission, had to design right. the mission, get it funded, build it, get the engineers. It's even longer than six years. Yes. And mm-hmm. then to f- discover what the dirt is going to tell us is going to take however long that takes. Boomy, she's still saying dirt. dirt. She's, not, she's not losing <laughs> the word dirt. So rude. She, she doubled down on the dirt yeah, on that, this one. Nagin, that's kind of like when uh, people come up to comedians and they're like, are you still doing your little comedy sketch thing? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how, what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, that's that, what I'm little... doing. That's what I'm doing to all of science. Um, but like, I, and, but I just thought, you know, I get bored reading a post-it note and there are scientists out there that are working on something for decades, you know, mm-hmm. and that is really, really remarkable. So should I, ta- should I start a Twitter that stream that. that says, um, are you alive? Or did you not thank a scientist? Are you? Yes. Uh, should, should I just start a series of those? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll or be I could here. Or I could be snarky and say, uh, did you not dial in childbirth? You're welcome. <laughs> That's the snarkier version of that. Right. The more the more Twitter, the more Twitter version of it. Um, so anyways, uh, and, and just as we're closing the show, I want to remind people to shop locally this holiday season. I know I keep talking about it. And I'm really grateful to the people who keep sending, posting their, their local finds. I will retweet and repost. So tag me. I'm going to keep doing that because I want your community to look like what it looked like before this pandemic. And we can do that if we all support our community stores. Um, and I would love for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow both of our panelists, what they do, what they're up to. Uh, Fumi, where do they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at the Fumi Abe. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. And I also have this podcast called Asian Not Asian that Nagin has been on. That I've we talk a lot on. about race and culture. It's a good time, so please check it out. It's on uh, all uh, podcast platforms. And we're also on Instagram at Asian Not Asian Pod. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, where do people find you? What do you want to direct them to? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm findable at Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, but not on Twitter because that would be too many. Why waste characters with my middle name? So <laughs> I've Neil Tyson on Twitter, but Neil deGrasse Tyson and all the other platforms, including TikTok. And so if anyone wants to find me, I'm there. But more importantly, I, I host a, a, a show called Star Talk, where my, I have a, a stable of uh, comedians. Well, there's, there's a stable, com- well, he's not always stable. <laughs> he's not stable. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Nice. Chuck Nice is my, my main man. But occasionally we'll rotate in some guest comedians who are my co-hosts, as Nagin has been. And we, we talk about science and the way science manifests in our culture and we'll i'll bring in experts if the science falls outside of my expertise and i think we have a fun time especially since the our experts will bring a, a force of gravity to the conversation but my co-host comedian brings a force of levity and the two <laughs> together <laughs> the two together and i have i have a knob that i turn to balance those out and i think we have a very consistent a delivery of fun entertainment. And uh, my tagline, which was rejected by our marketing people, I want to say, learn something for a change. <laughs> that's what I wanted it to be. They said, no, that's too aggressive. You can't say that. But that's really what's going on. Oh, there. my so God. Thank it's you such for- a fun show. It's such a fun show. And it, because you do accidentally learn something while <laughs> enjoying yourself, um, which I think is yeah. the best type of learning. So de- um, yeah. so definitely subscribe to, to Star Talk. Check out And we have Cosmos. a YouTube page. Yeah, do, Subscribe on the YouTube page. Good. And oh, YouTube slash Star 
talk. Yeah. YouTube slash Star Talk. And, um, and definitely subscribe to Asian Not Asian. Um, follow these gentlemen on the social medias that we all hate. But you say Asian Not Asian? Yeah, it's kind of like sorry, not sorry, but Asian, not Asian. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always a great Asian title when you have to explain Neil. it. I thought you would say Asian, <laughs> not Oriental. See, I thought if you're going to put wow. a not in there, see? Wow. Wow. We're going to have to edit that out, Nagin. Rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's getting problematic up in here. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to thank everybody who makes this show happen. That's our wonderful producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps out with research. And listeners, we'd love to hear from you, so send us your feedback. Talk topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have, you can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-0005 or you can drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com and if you like what you hear, favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Pandora and the SiriusXM app and do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. Folks, we'll be back in your earballs next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.